This is How to Be a Mortgage Broker, where we investigate the mortgage topics you need to accelerate your business and become an expert in this dynamic industry. This episode was brought to you by Sparkling Hills Resort. They haven't contributed any money to this episode at all, but we are here today because (laughs) we gave ourselves a break and we (laughs) felt really good and... Otherwise, we might not have made it. Good. Good. Yeah. We're coming off of week. our, uh, yeah, we're coming off of our awesome reward weekend away. So we were mm-hmm. going to tell everybody about what we did. For those of you who don't know, cause most, we didn't talk about it too much, but, uh, Jamie had set uh, a goal of number of units that she wanted to get done by a certain time period. And we had talked about it at the end of June. And so we booked this great spa escape getaway as mm-hmm. an incentive because incentives are so important. And what date yeah. did you hit your file number that you wanted? It was October, yeah, 18th, October 19th. 19th yeah. 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 So October 19th, she hit her target. And then we had planned this for the uh, Halloween weekend. So yeah. that's, that's great. And then it actually coincided with my, I, I hit my yearly target, which is absolutely insane. Um, to hit it yes. at the end of October. And so we we were valid in popping the champagne this weekend and we just <laughs> kicked back and we got to hang out in robes and wine tour yes. and soak in a pool overlooking this incredible mountain vista. Like it was just awesome. It was phenomenal. Yeah. Yeah. And good. I wouldn't have done that. I don't think if it weren't for your encouragement too, because I've, st- I have a problem with never feeling like quite deserving, even though, you know, I'd reached my goal. I still would have made some excuse of like, okay, but but you didn't Your do next goal. the five more or whatever. Yeah. 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 And you get stuck in the hamster wheel. So don't get stuck in the hamster wheel. Cause I did that for so many years. And then what are you working for? You're just working exactly. for day to day. And it's like, get that good wine, get that good food, have that walk. Yeah. And I feel like it motivated me even more. I, you know, because I'm like, Oh, if I do well, like this is what I could, I could have this again if I wanted to, you know, yeah. when it's, it gave me that extra little boost. For guess, sure. And made you a better broker this week. This week, I'm so much yes. more focused. Yeah, it's really mm-hmm. important. I think it's beyond self-care because it's it's rewards. You mm-hmm. got to reward yourself. Little wins for little wins. And I'm so glad that we got to do that together. Yeah, yeah. I can't wait for the next one. So yeah, we're going to we're gonna talk about setting goals kind of earlier into the new year. And mm-hmm. I know on our team, we're going to all meet, hammer out on paper what to do. Because once it's on paper, it's, it's just as yeah. good as happening, honestly. So today we wanted to talk about the mortgage pre-approval process. We were kind of tossing up back and forth with the idea of doing the pre-approval process or doing marketing yourself because, you know, the chicken before the egg. Yeah, what comes first. Exactly. So you can get all the business you want, but if you don't know what to do with it. So what are you going to do? You're just going to lose it. So, so we, yeah. we decided to, you know, err on the more cautious side and, and help you guys to know what to do once you get your first couple of deals. Cause now yeah. you're licensed, you got a brokerage, you're good to go. We, we can hop right into the pre application call. So, you know, the client has either reached out to you or you've gotten their number from a referral source and you're going to touch base with them. And the first thing that you taught me to do is to, to kind of go through that 10 minute pre-qualify the lead and f- and find out some information. So what would be the, the the first few things that you would ask, I guess, to the client? Yeah. So what I do is that there's, there's a repetitive um, 
pattern here of three that, that I found whenever it comes to applications and that. So there are three basic applications. So either they're purchasing, they're refinancing, or it's going to be a switch transfer. So those are, are the three. And of course, there's different types within those, the line of credit and that, but just categorize and, and figure out exactly what you're dealing with, with the type of mortgage, the generalized yeah. type. And that's, that's the main starting point. Just so that for those of us who are new listening to this, the difference between a refinance and a switch is that with a switch, you're not adding any additional money or changing the amortization. You're just switching the mortgage from one lender to another. Whereas a refinance, it's considered a refinance if you're adding any money or extending the amortization, right? That's exactly right. Except for I'm going to add one thing because you can mm-hmm. add a little bit of money when you switch. So general guidelines, $3,000. So if the client mm-hmm. says, you know, I really want to switch lenders, I'm happy. I don't need new money for a roof. I don't need anything else. Um, keep the amortization the same, but the penalty is going to be 2000 You can capitalize that in. And and the benefit of a switch is uh, lender, the legal fees and the appraisal fees are covered. So they're refunded mm-hmm. to the client. So it really costs them nothing to switch. So always, always say that, that costs are and covered. And it's interesting too, because... Another part of that that I learned is um, that they get to bring over the insure the insurance, the CMHC, Genworth, whatever insurance that they have, if if it was a high ratio purchase, and so they can still qualify for some of those good rates, right? Yeah, the best rates. That's yeah. that's the nicest thing to find out, and it's easy. You just call the insurer and find out if it's insured. You bring get the number. Mm-hmm. And then you get the best rates for them. Mm-hmm. And I'm finding just with the file that I'm working on right now is that a lot of the lenders, it, there, it, there's some funkiness with the property, like not funkiness, but there's some age restrictions and different mm-hmm. things like that. So the only way I can actually get it done on the A side is to do it as a switch because they're more comfortable with it as an insured. Because it's already file. insured. Yeah. The risk mm-hmm. is low to them. Mm-hmm. Nice. So, yeah. Yeah. It's kind of like but, your, your, your ace. <laughs> if you, yeah. and, and the client will never know. Hey, like if you ask mm-hmm. the client, they'll never know. Usually they'll go, Oh, maybe if I paid it insured. in the beginning or maybe not. Yeah. So just always find out on your own. So mm-hmm. yeah, that, that's the three. So the three different types and then the, the next would be the three questions. Yeah. So, um, I mean, there definitely is a three questions. The first one we're going to do is talk about um, income. So the mm-hmm. income can be divided again into a couple categories, which it so happens to be three. Um, and that's how I, I, that's how I remember things. Like I remember things in, in numerical order whenever it comes to this job. Um, mm-hmm. And so, I mean, general income is going to be salaried um, or hourly guaranteed. That's like your creme de la creme. That's like your nice, easy, clean income. And then the second one is more when it's variable. So that's, mm-hmm. um, if they're hourly plus commission or if they're a nurse who makes a ton of overtime. Uh, so mm-hmm. that's a variable type of income. Um, and, and that's a tough one too, cause you'll get the letter back saying, Oh, he does approximately 30 hours a week. And then you're like, yeah. okay, well, we need a two year average. So, so the first one you can get away with usually job letter and pay stub if they're salaried or hourly. But that second one where anything fluctuates or if they are a hairdresser and they claim tips, it's like, hard, hard point to your average. So you need Mm -hmm. that in and that's, and then you can use that or else you're using the minimum, which if it's like a server, they're making minimum wage and that's not as much as, as their Mm -hmm. tips. And then the last one is really complex. So that's the business for self. And that's Mm -hmm. a whole podcast of its own, (laughs) but, but self-employed income. So there's a three different types. So find out what type of mortgage they're looking for, like what type of product, and then find out what type of income they're looking for, because that's, um, that, that's, super important to know exactly what you're going to approach for documents Mm -hmm. from them. 
Yeah, that's perfect. And then do you usually ask to, um, in down payment. The, in the initial yeah. conversation. Yeah, that was the down second payment. one. So there, yeah, so the three are income, down payment, and credit. Yeah, not to yeah. confuse everybody, but I went off on another three tangent with income. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, income, down payment, credit, and and don't be shy. I mean, were you shy? So do you tell me about it, as a new person? Were you shy mm-hmm. asking someone where they're going to get this seventy five thousand dollars? Like, how did that feel? At first, I was shy to ask that um, right out front. It feels a little bit awkward, and you feel, yeah. It's, it's strange to ask these questions right out in the open, but it did kind of, sh- I did shoot myself in the foot by not asking those questions right away. And it actually, I think, ends up making you sound more professional when you just get down and dirty asking the right questions at the beginning. It's kind of to be expected yeah. for what they're- A hundred percent. You're like a doctor for finances. You know, you'd show the doctor the ugly growth on your finger or whatever it is, you know, <laughs> and the doctor's seen everything. That's, a, I actually, yeah. I, I say that to clients too, if they get a little weird about showing me stuff, I'll say, you know, I've been, I've been in banking for over 20 years. I've forgotten all the stuff that I've seen. I'm going to forget mm-hmm. your stuff. Don't worry, mm-hmm. but I do need it for now. You know, I rest, mm-hmm. I rest assured, like, I don't go home and think about how much money you have in your TFSA, or if I see you at mm-hmm. a party, I'm not like, oh, he's in debt. You know, yeah. like, it's just gone. You just process it. You're a professional. It's gone. And it's all secure and safe with you too, because of privacy. I mean, we don't, you don't talk about files outside of work. Yeah, exactly. So mm-hmm. yeah, it's a, it, it's smart to have that conversation, have that all written out so that when they do the application, you kind of, you don't have to keep going back and say, oh yeah, actually I'm going to need that, the two years of T4s rather than just your letter of employment, because you you didn't ask them right away what kind of employment they had and how long they've been there. Just the important questions. It's good to have a list in front of you. So you're checking them off. And then- You know, what's funny is mm -hmm. coincidentally, there are three types of down payment, Jamie. (laughs) (laughs) three types of down payment yeah so where can they come from let's talk it can it can be gifted like this is good because it's a little bit of a test it can be gifted from an immediate family member Mm -hmm. only so mom dad brother sister cousin aunt uncle do not count do not count do not count but grandpa grandma yeah 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 so that's one source of income the other one can be savings (laughs) savings yeah savings yeah uh gifted sale of a property that could be too no. but I, that's that's <laughs> your own savings I would uh, say. Uh, but, but, but the rsp can i borrow a down that- payment jamie Oh, yeah, I guess you can. If, <laughs> that if, was the third if, one. <laughs> okay, okay. Yeah, no, that's good. That's what I was testing that's you. Good. Yeah, so so savings are your own sources or sales, right? Like that's like mm-hmm. your own funds. Uh, gifted from an immediate family member, or mm-hmm. you can borrow it. If you can debt service it, you can take if it you off your line of credit. It. So those yeah. are the three big categories. Yeah. Like I was thinking more of, I guess I've been doing a lot of refis lately and not so many purchases. Yeah. But um, okay. Mm-hmm. And the other really important thing about, Th- this, this process, the pre-approval process, and our team is huge on this. And I'm so glad that I was taught to do things this way is to get all of the documents up front. Yes, yes, yes. I was not taught that. And I mm-hmm. stressed and lost a lot of sleep over files. But I love that that's just a standard policy on our team. Yeah. Like, it's, yeah. it's funny, because we'll even just joke about each other, because we'll say, Oh, I didn't get it up front. And it shot me mm-hmm. in the foot, you know, Yeah. really, if and the things that we're really sticky on is income mm-hmm. down payment, like income mm-hmm. and down payment is 100% upfront, and we're gathered. And that's what we use to pre approve people. Yeah. And we don't really even 
proceed with any file until we have that in hand. Hey, and you're really not doing anyone any favors by giving them a pre-approval without verif- verifying their income and their down payment first. Because mm-hmm. what can happen is they go out there and instantly think that they can make an offer on a place. Yeah, always up front. It's um, terribly stressful. I did have one uh, this summer where I submitted it for pre-approval a little bit shy for his down payment. I didn't get his down payment docs, but I had everything else because he was still saving. So when I submitted it, we were a bit shy for the, the the amount that I was requesting. And they came back and said, okay, I, I kind of explained that he was still saving and that we just wanted to get the rate hold and, and we were going to kind of go from there. Mm-hmm. So I let the client know that I explained that he doesn't have enough for the down payment yet. And, you know, this is the letter, this is the rate hold, explain the whole situation. And then a week later, he had an offer in on a place. So he didn't listen to you. It was very stressful because, you know, you're trying to make things work. You're trying to collect the documents. You're short for this and that. And, you know, it suddenly really becomes your problem because that's your job to to get your client their financing. And, it, you know, it was your job to get the, the documents up front. And if any, if they're under any stress, it's because of you too, because you didn't do your job in the beginning. So it's just ultimately... It all falls for everybody. You, but yeah, yeah. It, it, does. It, it does. You're doing yourself a lot of favors, just getting everything up front. And yeah. I mean, people might say, well, isn't that annoying for them to double up? And I'm in that situation right now where I had a client that I uh, got everything from in March and it's taken till now for them to get an accepted mm-hmm. offer because they're in Victoria, which is super competitive. And so now we're getting new letters. We're Thanks, getting yeah. new, even, even proof they own a rental. So even yeah. proof oh. of condo fees, the condo fee that I have proof of is from March and the lender's March. not going to take it. They want up to date info. So we're going through that, but it's super easy because I could just say, Hey, remember this form? I need a new one. Mm-hmm. And, and, mm-hmm. and you, luckily you don't do it with the taxes, which is good, but I agree. Mm-hmm. Hopefully you don't have to keep coming back because that sucks too. Cause people do get annoyed. I see some really funny memes on the mortgage broker <laughs> meme thing uh-huh. like people naming their files like proof that you're the most annoying person <laughs> in the world for documents <laughs> yeah proof that you question me at every turn <laughs> yeah. well yeah. and it's interesting too because it reflects us as a whole like like I mean, my, my opinion of it is that if you're sending people out and they're making offers and then it doesn't go through and it gets disappointed, that not only reflects poorly on you as a broker, but it's our whole industry. You know, they'll say, Oh, I went to a broker. It was the worst. You know, that broker didn't yeah. know what they were doing, you know, so it's, it's everyone, you know, that- that's true. And the realtor <laughs> too, like they're only going to see that they were going working with you and that things didn't go through and yeah. they'll remember that too. So yeah, definitely. Uh, I was going to say just about, you know, when it comes to the down payment, where what institution is it held at? We ask all those questions too, and hopefully you have all the documents to prove it. But I did have, uh, there are certain institutions where it might take longer than others, specifically yes. the online banks. The virtual banks. You had lost sleep over a file this summer over a virtual yep. bank cashing out an RSP. I remember that. It was yeah. horrible. It took a month. Like, I mean, it was month. a special circumstance for sure because there were some other things going on just with mistakes in the at the branch, but, mm-hmm. um, or the lack thereof, a branch would have been nice. Yeah, a branch would have been nice. You could have walked in, but yeah. yeah, cause it was a virtual bank. It was like lots of phone calls yeah. and yeah, it takes and, a long time to get money out of those. So, so yeah. You, so coach your clients to have it ready. Um, mm-hmm. like at least cashable in the RSP and the, in the cash portion of it, not in a term deposit. It, cause yeah. in your case, it was an RSP for sure. And you know, what's funny is on our team, just this, just yesterday, someone was talking about a down payment coming from a sanctioned country. Did you see that one? 
Yeah, it does. That was yeah. interesting. Um, and, and you don't really think that you think if it's a bank, it's a bank or if it's a sale of a property, it's a sale of a property, but you're going to have a very difficult time getting uh, a file approved when the sale proceeds are coming from a company that or a country that mm-hmm. is sanctioned. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Is there a list somewhere of sanctioned or is it just kind of known? Um, I'm sure there is on one of the government websites. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I might try I'm to sure find that is. and put it in the show notes because mm-hmm. it's good to know. Yeah. So we've talked about the first two major categories when you're having that initial phone call with the client. And then the third one we touch on is credit. So ah. that, and it, and it can be a general question. You know, I just, I, I love open-ended questions. I, I'll just say, so, and how's your credit? Uh, has there been anything of issue that, that we need to talk about? Or we do pull a credit report in the initial pre-approval. And it's just in case, you know, something's happened on your credit that you're not aware of. Um, or, you know, something from a long time ago that maybe wasn't taken care of that should have been, you know, mm-hmm. there's, there's theft and there's fraud. I mean, it's funny story. My cousin, uh, who lives in Victoria, she got a notification one day that she had bought a house and she hadn't Whoa. bought a house. Yeah. Yeah. Crazy. Hey. That's and major. so like fr- fraud does happen. And yeah, mm-hmm. that was nuts. I mean, I would have showed up and moved in probably, but <laughs> been like, Man, Hey, it's yeah. my house. <laughs> yeah. Here's my ID. Good <laughs> yeah. luck. Let's That's rent crazy. it out and make some money. But, yeah. uh, but no, yeah. So that did happen to her. So open-ended question is, you know, ask, how is your credit? And, um, and then just chat and just say, I'm going to look at it and make sure there's nothing that we need to fix. Cause like we talked about before, fixing it takes a while and you don't want to do mm-hmm. that once you have a live deal. Hey. Yeah, it can for sure. And so what I, just because I know that some people will, will do this and somebody's tried to do this on me too. And I had a, I think I had a pretty good response, but when people say, Oh no, that's okay. You don't have to check my credit. It's really good. Cause I have credit karma and it's 800 on credit karma to that. <laughs> You kind of say, oh, that's awesome. It's great that you're tracking your own credit because that shows, you know, how financially responsible you are. And that's good mm-hmm. for you. But the the credit bureau that we get and the ones that the lenders look at are completely different and they're getting their information from, they're pulling from different sources than what you might see on your, even on your own Equifax report. If you get your own Equifax reports, it's going to be different. So because a lender uses the ones that we have access to, that's what we need to use. So I will need to, to still to start pull yeah. a credit. Yeah. The credit card, it's a, it's not a tough conversation to have, but when people think, Oh, it's fine. You know, don't look at it. Mm-hmm. Like, we mm-hmm. got to look at it. And it's yeah, really and important. It's important Cause you need mm-hmm. to know, you need to all, know all this stuff up front that yeah, and he's not going to come to you and go, Oh, I owe kudo a thousand dollars. Like they, yeah. they're not going to know or, or come to you for sure. So, yeah. so, so yeah, I, I kind of learned my lesson with that too. And in my experience so far, which is not a lot, but I'd, I'd be really curious to hear yours in terms of like what the correlation is between people that are pretty hesitant to do a credit bureau mm-hmm. and what their score actually ends up being. I, it's so funny because it's exactly opposite of what you'd think. So, you know, the people who are like, oh my, you know, I think my credit's good. And then it comes back, it's like over 800. You know, the mm-hmm. people that are really tend to be cautious and, and like, they're fine with me pulling it because I always explain and, and I, I give them mm-hmm. a little crumble too. So mm-hmm. what I'll say is I, I do need to pull your credit, but the good news is that'll get you a rate hold because I can't get a rate hold unless I send in the file with your credit bureau. So it's a little mm-hmm. bit of give and take, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but the ones that are the most, uh, 
you know, worried, not not necessarily worried about their credit, but a little apprehensive. Those are the ones that are golden. They're, they're it's like, true. I think I'm good. I'm over 700. And, the, yeah. and then the ones that are like, well, I don't know. I usually pay things on time. Those mm-hmm. ones are the ones that come back and they're like barely 600. And you're yeah. like, okay, buddy, we got to do some work, you know? So it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's funny how that happens because you think it would be the opposite. So let's talk about pre-approval rate holds because I guess that's the next step then. So once you're, so you've asked, well, you've asked these three questions, you know where you're going with the app and then everyone, I mean, everyone's process to get the application is going to be a little different. Mine is I love sending out the link to get an online application. I'll ask them Mm -hmm. if they're comfortable with that, but it's just the most efficient or else, you know, they could even be, you can mistype, you know, a birth date. The clients have actually mistyped their birth date sometimes in an application. So if you're taking Mm -hmm. it verbally over the phone, I think A, it's a complete waste of time and B, the likelihood of an error you know, it's, Mm -hmm. it's pretty high. So I always get it in. So you get their information in, and then you're doing the pre-approval for them because you want to send them out shopping. Uh, what did you learn about as a new person? What did you learn about the pre-approval process? I was surprised that the pre-approvals are really just a a rate hold and that they're, they're not even looking at the file. Um, so it's, yeah, it's, it can be really misleading for if you don't word it properly. And if you don't explain it properly to your clients, because, like they need to know that a pre-approval doesn't mean that they can go in and do a, you know, subject for cash offer. offer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it puts the onus on you, right? Because you're, you're the filter. So you need to catch everything up front. Like there are, there are two of my favorites that I send off regularly for pre-approvals and they will look at it. And I have great underwriters in that I'll, I'll say, Hey, that I'm a little worried about this. Cause there are like nothing's black and white, right? Most are, mm-hmm. you can figure out where it sits if there's not a shot in the world or if you know they're all good. But for those gray areas where they're just kind of, you know, walking that line, you can yeah. get some eyes on it if you have a good relationship with your underwriter and you send it to the right lender because there are a couple lenders out there that do actually briefly underwrite it i mean they don't go into detail but they'll go through and go yeah no this this is going to be cause for concern Mm -hmm. and then um and then no matter what too you probably were surprised by this is there's the second level of approval is the insurers so let's say the lender's fine with it it could still get declined because of an insurer. So, yeah. I mean, the lesson is even even though they're pre-approved or pre-qualified, you're never, ever advising them to go in subject-free on anything because the property mm-hmm. can get declined or the insurer can have a problem with the covenant of the applicant. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was another thing that I that I was really confused about when I first started. Just uh, n- nothing feels really guaranteed. Even when you have a commitment and the conditions are, I don't know, there's I just, know. There, I know. there's this constant <laughs> un- sense of uncertainty that I was not expecting, because it's such a huge deal, you know, to, mm-hmm. to be making this huge purchase and for everything to be, you know, okay, well, you go sign and you'll, you'll sign your final stuff at the lawyer's office, like, five days before you close. And that that's kind of scary, you know, that things can happen in between that time, um, where, yeah, it's not all... It's not all guaranteed. And that, that part of it surprised me quite a lot. Yeah. And I think all the financial institutions always have an out, like they have a clause in there yeah. saying, you know, if any point, if there's any like material change, we're out, you know, even yeah. if you've removed financing. So yeah, it's yeah, scary. It's a bit, it's a bit scary. It's a little bit terrifying. So you got to so cover yeah, yourself, a- right. And know your stuff. Yeah. And, and there's the, we talked about the insurer's approval. So there's the lend, the, the tier of approvals. There's the lender's approval. There's the insurer's approval if they have less than 20% down. And then there's also the kind of appraisal, the property approval. Mm-hmm. 
that next level. So another three, Jamie, there's our, there's our categories again, another three. You're right. Yeah. Yeah. So, so even if the client is great, um, if they don't like the property itself, and I've had some weird ones come back, strange, Mm -hmm. strange things that they don't like, like how close it is to a busy road or, Really? Like oh, that. wow. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. I've, uh, I've had like, I mean, the obvious ones that are foreclosures and just dives. I've had the client, mm-hmm. the lender look at the MLS and just go, no, or the insurer say, no, no, this is mm-hmm. obviously foreclosure. There's a hoarder in there and there's going to be mold problems. So they just outright decline it. Say no. Yeah. Yeah. But and it depends on what's in the listing too. Like a lot of realtors and I've had talks with my realtor about this. Like why do realtors put heritage Some, home heritage home yeah. drives me nuts <laughs> yeah handyman like, special handyman special yeah <laughs> um what is some other like needs some love yeah. uh you know all needs these ty- types of characteristics that like automatically flag it with a lender which isn't mm-hmm. good too so yeah there's all these different things so we can only really give estimates to the clients and options but we can't guarantee anything and no. you need to get comfortable with having that conversation because it's hard to yeah. do and they can always be thinking- declined because of the property yeah or yeah. the insurer so yeah we, we can only do our best right and that's why we get everything up front because we are doing our best and yeah because yeah so have you had to have um sorry go ahead i was just gonna say because i was gonna say this earlier too and you and i had this conversation when i started early on because i think part of the the negative thing about being new in this industry versus somebody like you who's seasoned and knows a lot more, I feel like you have the the benefit of looking at and being able to really fully underwrite files-ish with, with the documents that you have. And that's definitely a learned skill. So that's something that I'm still working on. And I can't wait to get to that point where I can have a little bit more confidence because when you're new, I'm speaking just for myself, but probably there's others that will resonate with this too. You're kind of like everything starts to feel pretty uncertain as as solid mm-hmm. as the people look because I don't have the experience of knowing like, oh, you know what? I've had people like with part-time seasonal work that I can get through at this. Like for me, everything is is new and iffy. <laughs> so. Yeah, totally. You end up kicking all the dead horses you can't, right? You keep kicking it and kicking it. And then all of a sudden yeah. you're like, okay, this one's really dead. And then, yeah. <laughs> and then your threshold kind of gets adjusted and, and then you know, right off, you'll get so sharp. I mean, and, and how long ballpark, does it take? Yeah. I was just thinking about that at least three years, probably five okay. years to be confident in like everything that comes your way. But three years to, to look at things and, and even people, even applicants, like you get so sharp with answers, mm-hmm. you know, vague answers. Well, I'm not going to give you a firm qualification if you're giving me vague stuff, like get, mm-hmm. get, get docs up front people. That's got to be our golden nugget. This, oh yeah, this podcast, hundred percent docs up front. All yeah. of them. Income, down payment, like, yeah, before you even talk to them. So I was going to ask you, have you done many letters for realtors? So after you've pre-approved people, you know how it's so competitive in BC right now, like you're getting eight, nine, 10 offers on houses. How many have you done and how's that gone down? I've done a handful of them, like probably six. That's more than a handful. That's great. About six. Yeah, I would say. Mm -hmm. Because yeah, this summer was a really competitive market and the realtors were some realtors were not even shopping with clients unless they had a letter oh, um, wow. at all. Yeah. Because they just had to be ready to have something to present mm-hmm. if an offer did come. So they're just kind of protecting themselves a little bit. Plus. Yeah. So you helped me with some wording of the letter because mm-hmm. it's also really important to cover your own. Uh, but 
because you're, it's your like, reputation. About it. It's your it's word. Your- it's, it's you. Yeah. So I don't give them out willy nilly. I'm not sure if mm-hmm. any broker does or sh- they obviously shouldn't, but I put on there that I've reviewed income and down payment. And I'll say, I say I've met with them regarding this property I've reviewed. So I I actually run the properties. Like I get the property Mm -hmm. in there. I punch it in, I make sure it works. And then I say right on there that I reviewed the income and the down payment um, and credit is very thorough and they're a highly qualified buyer. And Mm -hmm. then I also make note on there too, just saying that as long as the lender is accepting of the property, I see no problem with financing because Mm -hmm you're still not going in unconditional, right? And you're still not yeah. going to take that on. Um, but I, I've actually refused a letter this summer. I had a oh, client yeah. say, yeah, we're going to offer. And I looked, I'm like, I don't have your docs. I haven't seen mm-hmm. your down payment. Get me your down payment. And you'd be surprised at how quickly they come around to get you paperwork once they want something. And that is the best time to ask mm-hmm. for documents is right in the beginning when they're excited about the place and when they want it, they'll get you anything. They'll give you your firstborn, their firstborn, like really, because they want it Side so note, bad. Don't ask for children. No, no. From your clients. we don't do that. We have one lender that almost <laughs> does though, right? <laughs> yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so that's it. The, the pre-approval letters I have done them and I've won we, or I haven't, but we have one because yeah. of the letter. Yeah. And I always, you know, like you said, just disclose on there that it's still subject. Some people will say subject to lender approval, which kind of, you know, I don't like the, that. Cause I, I like, know, putting you don't it, like, no, I don't. <laughs> cause, cause or I to know appraisal. Yeah. Well, I just say it's, um, I just say, I, as long as the lender doesn't have a problem with the property, I don't see a problem or uh, how do I word it again? I say, um, as long as the property is acceptable to the lender, I don't see mm-hmm. any problem with obtaining financing because it puts mm-hmm. it on them because this, this as the seller is going to look at this and go, well, yeah, my house is awesome. So mm-hmm. the lender's not going to have a problem with it. And then mm-hmm. they're honestly, I win like almost every time I send out a letter. I don't know if I have good yeah. realtors, but it really works because the seller is going to go, well, my house is awesome. So my house is going to be fine for this TD bank or whoever. Yeah. And, and they tend to accept that one, I think. So let's say you, um, um, getting back to the pre-approval. So once we have the pre-approval and it, it's come back, how do you communicate that to your client? Like what kind of tips do you have for that? Do you call them and get them all excited or, mm. or how do you, yeah. So for the, the pre-approval one, well, mm-hmm. my process is exactly the process that you taught me. <laughs> I think. Which I um, love. <laughs> yeah. So we get the letter from the lender with the with the pre-approval. And then you kind of do a, we do an email, right? Congratulations. You know, here's your conditional pre-approval. And explain to them what this means, what kind of payment it this will be, and what, how much they'll need for their down payment plus closing costs and explain all that and explain about first time home buyers. And we give them links to, uh, to go to, to see if they qualify on their own because we can't qualify because we never say like you are a first time home buyer. So you will not have to do this. We say if you qualify. Yes. Um, always say if you qualify, especially for the BC property transfer tax, which is the huge mm-hmm. one. So yeah, you give links, you just give them a whole bunch of info in that email and it's all on paper. It saves them calling you and asking a lot of questions, but you leave it open at the bottom. You say, call me if mm-hmm. you have any questions, but you basically cover everything you could possibly, they could possibly ask the term, the amortization, the rate, everything is reiterated. And then you attach that little certificate to it. Mm-hmm. And then they kind of have that in their hand and they're ready to go shopping. But mm-hmm. uh, like so many times I've had 
clients respond and say, thank you. We didn't even think about this or thank you for all this information and the links and, um, Mm -hmm. and it's good. And and it really is quick. You have the template and you just personalize it. You know, you plunk in the pre-approval amount, the payment amount, the rate. And, Mm -hmm. and what I tend to do is I'll say, I'll, I'll say, this is the approval I have for you. Rest assured. I've also sent it out for a fixed rate hold just so we have all of our bases covered. And then a day later, I get that fixed rate back and I'm sending that to them. Not in as much of a detailed, I'll just say, you know, same, same terms, but you know, this has changed. Mm-hmm. And so then they get two really good emails confirming that they have both variable and fixed. Cause I do that for my clients. I get a fixed rate and a variable rate for both of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That was another thing you learned too, is that sometimes the pre-approval you get is not the rate at hand. It's bonused up. Yeah. Yeah. And so, so that, you're giving cool. that. It's- that's why I always say rest assured when it can, becomes live. Yes. We always shop for the best rate at that time, but you can be guaranteed that you're not, that that you're gonna get this for at least the next 120 days, mm-hmm. which is awesome, especially now with rates on the move. So yeah, it's kind of funny at the end of the year. Hey, how you're like all of a sudden going 2022 and you type in your rate holds. Like I remember in the summertime when I started entering September was my rate hold date. I'm just like, oh my god, you know, we're within four months of fall again because you know winter is so <laughs> wet on the island here. Yeah, 120 days is not not too shabby, I guess. Yeah, see, we're in February now for rate holds, so that's good. So the golden nugget for today is definitely getting your uh, documents up front. We've said it 100 times. Say it 100 times again. Yes, that's how we roll. (laughs) And go to the spa. Because it really makes <laughs> yeah. life better. It makes you a better broker. It makes you a better person, a better friend. It makes you better everything. It's perfect. Yeah. All right. Well, I hope you have a really great day. Thank you for listening to How to Be a Mortgage Broker podcast. If you have suggestions for upcoming episodes or would like to be featured on the show, please email jamie at mortgagesbyjamie.com. That's J-A-M-I-E at mortgagesbyjamie.com. You can find me, Jamie, on the daily brokering out of Kamloops, BC. Jen Marks is based out of Vancouver Island, where her career is thriving as she's raising her family, enjoying the beauty of the nature that surrounds her there. If you like the podcast, please click subscribe and rate us on Apple or iTunes. 